Okay, welcome to another podcast. Um, today, I am interviewing Joyce Egenhoff. And Joyce is a representative or an endorsed harmonica player with Lee Oscar, as well as just a great musician. And we've become friends um, through the internet and uh, Facebook and those types of things. And so we were talking um, harmonica and all things related to music in our lives, and um, I have that interview here for you. But one of the things that we're talking about in the interview is Lee Oscar and his harmonicas. They are Tombos out of Japan. That company's been around over a hundred on its 101st year, and he's been working with them for around 34, 35 years. And her and I talk about the construction of the harmonicas because as we've talked in prior prior podcasts and radio shows, there's a lot of different tuning and styles of harmonica, and it can get very confusing for the beginner. And um, it's generally personal preference after you play a while and you find the harmonicas that you like the sound and the quality and the price and, and many things. And then it's just kind of fun to have a lot of different harmonicas because they're cool and they're they're getting cooler every day. There's just so much going on. Um, some of the features and the benefits of Lee Oscars, we were talking a little bit about it, but I'm here on his website and I'm going to read to you what he says because it, um, he says about what we're talking about in a little bit more standardized terms because we just chatting and all. So features and benefits of the technology of Lee Oscar's Tombow harmonicas. They slide together with interlocking case, which I was talking to about air and, and with wear and tear, how some can move, but it's harder for that to happen with the construction of these harmonicas. They're color-coded tunings for fast, easy indexed. Durable plastic combs eliminate swelling and shrinkage. Hate that shrinkage. Uh, project loudly into a bright, balanced sound. Wide chambers, narrow divide of each plane. Precise molding releases bed secret, bed secure reed plates and prevent air leaking, which we did talk about. <laughs> First and second positions clearly identified at both ends of the comb. Top quality brass mounted combs three self-taping screws. Um, they are tuned to 441 plus for bright sound. And they're excellent for single note playing, which we talked about tips and tricks and tongue blocking and single note playing. And that one of the first things you want to do is get that single note clean. And I know that sounds simple, but it's, it takes a little practice to get, especially if you're tongue blocking. Anyways, he also has harmonicas that he has tuned to different um, features, which is kind of cool. Um, they, have, they have a major diatonic, which is your, your standard um, cross harp, your, your regular tuning. And then he has a melody maker, which is more for alternate notes. Great for playing major scales in second position jazz, country reggae. He has that in five keys. Not, this isn't an advertisement for Lee Oscar, by the way. But it is really amazing how these different players have come up with different things on the harmonica for people. And what a broad versatility. He's got a natural minor, and that has five alternate notes. Natural choice for playing minor music in second position, minor blues. And I, I have the natural minors in my whole case. Julio and I do quite a bit of things in them, and I just I love the haunting sound of it. And he has the harmonic minors, which are more Middle Eastern and Yiddish, and I don't play a lot of that kind of music, so I only have one because I wanted to hear how it sounded. That's me. I've got to try it all. You know, I'm very curious, curiosity. And so... Um, those are the things that we, we're talking a little bit about here and fumbling around with and having a good time talking and learning about each other's story and her story of how she became endorsed by Lee Oscar is in here. So let's get on with the interview. So tell me, um, I always on these podcasts, um, I always ask, how did you get involved with harmonica in the first place? Well, that was pretty interesting because I didn't really remember, but I was playing Piedmont Blues with Warner Williams, who's, a, I guess what you call a songster, for a 
bigger style picker in our area, and he's my husband's age, so he's 88. So he kept asking me, how old was I when I started playing? And I said, well, I remember five years old, so I think I was five. So um, you could be five. You could be five. <laughs> you couldn't be five. five. You can't be five. <laughs> yeah. Rack, he used to say to me, did you mock at me? I said, don't you mock at me. Oh, <laughs> We get hysterical because we start, you know, doing this routine. But anyway, he do anything for a laugh or applause. So I said no. Um, I, so I called my oldest cousin, who's passed away since then, and she said, "No, you were three. Ay, ay, ay. She said because her father used to work for Disney. He was my uncle Morris Rose. He worked for Disney, and um, Disney was not doing well, so he came back to Philly, although he never lived in Philly. He was from Petersburg, Virginia, and then Los Angeles. So my cousin was 20 years older than me, and she said, that's when you met my father, and he started teaching you harmonica. And there were a lot of kids, but I was the only one picking it up. And also, I remember playing the ukulele, but they say I played the banjo too when I was three, but I can't remember doing it. I think We it won't tell. <laughs> So I think it was too heavy. Then uh, my whole family was so embarrassed. My father started to send me outside on the street to play with the boys at the elevated train exit, the shoeshine boys. That's so cool. Just don't take any money from because they're good boys and they take it all home to their family and they need it. And we're doing fine. He said, I'll be watching you. So I was playing with these boys when the elevated trains came down and I think I had a lot of business for him because I was a three-year-old white girl playing with these boys and they came over to see why I was playing with these boys and maybe I sounded all right I don't know but uh, that's what happened I just started playing everything that the boys on the street were playing well, and, yeah. I always yeah. laugh when you tell me that uh, your mom was upset because she thought you were going to end up um, playing with all those boys and getting into um the bar life too much, you know. Yeah, that and the drinking and yeah, yeah. drugs and piling all this stuff like that. <laughs> I read a lot of Dylan's songs with a classmate because we saw him very early in his career in Philadelphia on Fifth Street. And um, nobody will tell me how to reach this girl, even other classmates, because they say she has such a bad drug problem. But I thought maybe she saved copies of the songs because they weren't too bad really you know they were like early Dylan songs but they were different so I don't remember them but I, I was hoping to see them but everybody sided with my mother and said I couldn't see her so this yeah. was like years ago so I, I don't know I guess if I ever get inspired I'll write new ones that's what I'll have to do well yeah. it's you know writing music is um it's something and all its own um We've got enough now for our next CD. The, the the problem is I got to get in here and do all the engineering and the recording. So I set Julio on his assignments to warm up, and I'll we'll have yeah. to start trying to get to it. But I get real busy with all these things, but they're in our heads, so we're always yeah. coming up with stuff. But we do some instrumental things too that are that are just a lot of um, fun and enjoyable, and so they don't always have to be words. Yeah, well, right on. They don't. They yeah. Don't have to do this at all. So then, so then we were talking, and you went and saw the. Um, no, tell me first about how. Then what happened? When did you get to? Did you have to completely grow up before you got to get out and play? <laughs> my mother had to pass away. Oh my goodness. Which was maybe oh. just a little more than ten years ago. She didn't want me to play because. When I was five, I started taking piano lessons, and my mother was a professional trumpet player, and she was in Eddie Fisher's orchestra. So I started, my grandfather wanted me to be a piano player, so all of a sudden one day an upright arrived, and my mother decided to take lessons with me, and she found a teacher. My mother went to South Philadelphia High School, so everybody who became famous from Philly went there. So she found a teacher who had gone to the Trois in France, and the teacher had a twin sister, and um, I think her name was Mrs. Batant, 
so she used to come and give me piano lessons and my mother too. My mother thought, I guess today it would be called bonding, but my mother was very controlling. So she didn't want me to um, get too good. So right before she passed away, she said she stopped me from playing because I was getting too good for my age. But um, I have this problem called strabismus with my eyes, which is why I'm in glasses. And lots you know, of them. Yeah. Lots of them. So um, I just sort of, you know, couldn't, I can't sight read. I, you know, the things start jumping at me, the lines, you know, it's like I have astigmatism and strabismus, which is cross-eyed. So what I did was uh, I memorized all the pieces. So the teacher would come back to our house the next week and I'd have pieces memorized she gave me the week before because I didn't know that you were supposed to be able to just read them and do stuff with them. So I couldn't read them, but I could read chunks of them and memorize them. So by the time the teacher came, they were fine. And she just, you know, correct me in a couple spots and prove a couple things. And then my mother would go out like any good Jewish uh, controlling mother and I'd play recitals. You know, she'd drag me along in a fancy dress and play recitals and I didn't mind. You know, it was, it was fine. You were getting your music on. I was getting my music on. The, the funniest one I was in Jenkintown at a place that was called Strawbridge's then and I started playing whatever it was and then all of a sudden there was a big clock in the room and I looked up and I was seven and I said I've been playing this refrain for 20 minutes like it was so ingrained in my head from memorization so I'm like I better wrap it up I think something's wrong it was only supposed to be a 15 minute piece and I was playing the repeat part for 20 minutes after I played the first part so I wrapped it up, and my father knew. He said, what, what did you do? And my mother didn't know because she was busy chasing the younger kids, and my teacher knew, but she said it was still all right anyway. She liked it. But every, t every time when we moved to the suburbs, I passed the building on the school bus, and I would sweat, and I would remember what I did up until the time I graduated high school. I, I never forgot what I did, but yep, yeah, I did that. It was all um, classical, pretty much. And then when YouTube came about, I decided to listen to some of the pieces with Liberace. And I discovered when I was a little girl, I was playing the same arrangements as Liberace. So that was kind of interesting because I didn't know that. I thought they were giving me little girl versions of everything. But they weren't. I had the real thing. That's pretty cool. So yeah. late, lately you were telling me you went and saw the um, Paul Butterfield, um, Horn yes. from the Heart, is it called? Or, yeah, very sad film. And I was wanted to talk to somebody about it, but nobody was available that night. So finally, I called you. you I know. Told you how, <laughs> I told you how bad it was. And you told me your husband had managed um no my my friend had managed her her father had um managed and knew them and so um her father ended up he was from chicago and he came down to california when the blues scene hit uh san francisco air bay area and uh so he had t-shirts and different things and he was always encouraging me to play and then I took some master classes and I, I got to, um, to, I took a class on Butterfield and they had his mic and his amp there because, um, they had purchased it and had it in the class. And so that was interesting. I actually got to get my hands on some of that and I wanted to see this movie, but, um, it, we, we're going to have to travel pretty far if we see it, um, here in California because it's showing three more times one in Berkeley, but it's the same weekend that we have a gig, and then it's showing in Monterey, and it's showing in Fort Bragg, all in February when we have things booked. So I might have to wait to see it some other way. It was so good, but it was so heartbreaking to it, see what happened to them. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, that happens to a lot of people, and I think part of it is that you get so caught up out there chasing yeah. it. And and you were talking about the starship, and I talked about my friend Jerry, who 
you know, he was chasing the dream and he didn't sign the right contracts and he trusted the wrong people. And then they take your money and it's gone. And then how do you get that back? You know, and so that's hard. It's hard to deal with. And the whole lifestyle, I think itself of always on the demands of that schedule is hard on top of it too. Right. I know. And a lot of, a lot of people probably do do drugs, but I don't because I'm allergic to everything. You know, so. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's sad. Like I, some of us are working at an event here and it's going to be beer sponsored. And I didn't want to tell them I can't even drink beer because I'm allergic to several ingredients in it. So. Well, you so, know, I don't drink and I, I used to be, I used to drink and I was, you know, all of that when I was a whole lot younger. And uh, I think it's okay. Um, we do a lot of events I, that, you know, there's alcohol and, and we, we do, and that's a lot of people are just fine and can handle it. And some people mm -hmm. go off the deep end and then, then they, the road is to death, you know? Oh, I know. I know. Well, I, I have allergies and I keep thinking, well, God gave me these allergies so I can't be addicted to anything because I even got sick from a prenatal vitamin. The doctor didn't want me to get them from the health store. He wanted me to get these blue prenatal vitamins had blue like dye, and I wound up in the hospital. I, mean, uh, I, I understand. You know, my son came out, and um, he was a premature, and he couldn't, he was allergic to everything, and I had to buy the most expensive formula. You so cannot believe, just so that he would sleep. <laughs> my son, too. How old is your son? Uh, Mitch is 36. Yeah. How many children do you have? I just have one. I have five. Yeah, uh, yeah. My son's a bass player. He has a degree in classical bass performance and jazz bass performance. Do you jam? With I him? think it's Well, his friends now ask me to, this has been going on. I, I came to their gigs. It was called Gregor and the McGregors. And they liked me. So they put their hand over his head and said, this is Brad's mom. Brad's mom. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's his mother. But he told me if I didn't play in public, he would never let me see the grandchildren. So I thought, he's a pretty nice guy. He might be serious about this. And he didn't have a wife. He didn't have kids yet. But I thought, I better take him seriously because what if he means it? You know, I want to see my grandchildren. Yeah, and what the hell, playing. That's like torture, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's about time somebody told you to get out there and do it. It sounds like a lot of people held you back for a while. It could be. I think I'm the only decent piano player from Philadelphia that, Never played with Todd Rundgren. Like, apparently everyone I know who played kind of, you know, okay, pretty well, got to play with Todd Rundgren, but I didn't because I wasn't allowed to go downtown and play. You know? wow. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. But now but now you're playing, and so that's cool. I, I think that uh, harmonica is from the heart. Like, it does come out. If it picks you, which it sounds like it did at a young age, and then it you don't put it back down even – if people don't want you to play or cause you're a girl or any of yeah. those things, you know, I, it took a lot to get me out of the house to play in public. And I was shy about it at first, you know, and yeah. 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 But then you lose that cause you're having so much fun. Well, in Philadelphia, the school I went to for elementary school, they used to say poker time and this buzzer would buzz and they'd announce it. And we'd go, out and dance some polka and my daughters think that's hysterical because it was the only elementary school in Philadelphia doing it but we didn't know that so um, some kids wrote to me the other day could, they remembered they said can you send me a polka so I found where I had recorded the two fat polka on tape you know video so I sent them the two fat polka <laughs> it was yeah. all in Pennsylvania so yeah so the other thing was in Philadelphia, guitars weren't popular yet. Horns could get stolen, but harmonica you could buy at the corner store for a quarter and stick it in your pocket or your book bag. And nobody knew you had it, so it didn't get stolen. Because uh, a lot of things vanished in Philadelphia. So uh, it, it was a problem. I guess it's still a problem. Well, so, it, you know, there's more people. It's got to probably exponentially a little bit more. But one time I was in Italy with my closest friend. She's an opera singer, and 
um, there was a honer store on the corner. So I went in and bought a honer because she had the flu and it was a long case of the flu. And I really found out I didn't speak Italian. I knew Latin. So I started just playing alone in the room. <laughs> I don't think she liked it because she didn't feel good. And she's an opera singer. You know, she has a very fine ear, but yeah. I had nothing else to do. I don't think there was TV in the room. Oh, and the other thing was up with people was staying in the hotel. And do you know what it's like when, you know, your friend doesn't feel good, but you have to go downstairs to eat and you don't feel good because you're taking care of your friend who doesn't feel good. And these girls and guys are all like, yeah, I'm glad to be alive. And they're all so perky and sunshiny and you're so miserable and depressed. I mean, they really were happy seeming people. It was really strange, you know, that they were like that. So, uh, oh, I know who you told me your husband managed. Did you say Quicksilver Messenger? No, that's my friend that her oh, father that, did. Her father did. Yeah, that's okay. how I ended up um, getting to talk with some, getting to hang out with them was through my friend um, Pam, oh. her, a long time ago, but, um, mm -hmm. and they were my favorite band oh. when I was in Charleston. I wanted to come home to California because we had moved um, from a small town to a big city and I wanted to go home and they they became my favorite band and I was a little bit um, sad that I never got to see them and life went on and then I moved back to California and ran into, I met my friend and we went down and spent the weekend with them and I got to know them and then Julio went to school with them so he knew oh. them. And went to a dedicated, they dedicated things in the town to Quicksilver. Great, great band. Um, no harmonica, really, but uh, I still isn't, always enjoyed their music. Isn't that a shame? They should have added a harmonica part. They should have. They really should have. But, you know, it, it's who you run into, I guess, you know. And plus, I think a, um, harmonica is, like you were saying, it's, it's good to do that song with a guitar player who knows it. So when yeah. you're forming a band, you need a harmonica player that, and a guitar player that play well together because if they don't like harmonica, they're not going to let you in. And, yeah. you know, and some guitar players don't always want to give you room. They want, they want the leads and the attention. And, or they're, they say, oh, this harmonica player is going to do too much or they're going to take this and that. And, you know, yeah. so when you find the right mix of players, then it's, it's, off the charts, you know, as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Yeah, right now I'm playing with someone named Joe Dyson. You can't see this, but this is his dad. So uh, his dad used to record on Spivey Records. And uh, it was Bill Dyson. So Joe plays harmonica, too. I can play guitar, but not that well, you know, not like Joe does. And I'm not quick, but I did have some lessons. Um, so anyway, I play, so it's kind of good because he knows where I'm going. And, and also he sings. I don't think I'm that good of a singer, but he doesn't mind doing it. But for some reason, we had a band with many more members, but this was an emergency. We went out and people liked us. They reacted well to us and they kept giving us more work. So kind of turned out. It was a real surprise. Isn't that but, something? I, you know, I, the chemistry, when it's right, it, it works. Yeah. That's what yeah. Julio and I found together. I played in a lot of bands in different places, and we still do. We we jam with people and sit in and stuff, but we've we've hit a – and everybody knew that about us. That's why they set us up. They thought once we started playing music, it would be over, and they were pretty attrite, yeah. you know. But that's great then. So you're gigging around a little bit with him, and people are enjoying it, and that's 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah, we, we played an old soldier's home. I was kind of surprised because ran into a couple of former national musicians that live in the old soldier's home, and they're not doing well. Uh, and They don't probably even remember, you know, that they were musicians. I mean, we're, we play mostly in memory care units, which is fine. You know? No, I think that's fabulous. I think that is some kind of, that's some kind of great work. Um, Julio and I, too, we've gone and, gone into the homes and and just the music just brightens everything up and it really helps them 
it's wonderful. In 20 minutes, you can see some of them have reconnected with themselves and mostly Vietnam era veterans. So we know what they know. So they, they seem to just come back for a while. And yeah, you know, and I hate it when we have to leave. You know, we even play longer because it's so gratifying to do that. Uh, so, I, that's, I think that is um, wonderful, wonderful work. And um, I'm you. sure it, it really helps them a lot as much. You know, I, we volunteer for some things and do quite a bit. And I always say it, it makes us feel as good as they feel, you know, when you, yeah. you know you're touching them. Yeah, it does. It does. And some of them even start to cry. Yeah. And uh, it's wonderful. And some of them just fall asleep, which is okay, too. At least they're relaxed and they fall asleep. Well, yeah. that's important. Um, I know that my my mom, uh, yesterday would have been her 91st birthday, but I took care of her and she had um, Alzheimer's. And um, I could calm her down. Um, and so what we did was just leave CDs by her, too. When I wasn't there, they would play my CDs if she'd get upset. Oh, my mother, when I was little, she'd put me down for a nap and she'd have a big stack of 45 trumpet records for me. I mean, good trumpet records, I think. And I'd be listening to them. And for some reason, the mutes always terrified me. You know, like the mutes, like in many of the moocher, for some reason, the song with mutes gave me nightmares. I couldn't fall asleep. I never <laughs> nap. That's not good. <laughs> Downstairs, she was rehearsing the trumpet anyway. So how could a kid fall asleep with trumpet records, loud trumpet records, a mother practicing the trumpet down at the bottom of the steps? So I, I don't think I ever took a nap in my entire life when I was a little kid, but I sure like them now, don't you? Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, last weekend I sat with a, with a gentleman that played trumpet, but he's taken up the harmonica and um, he wanted me just to... to um, just give him tips and tell him and listen to him. And then I played with him and he just, he loved it, but he had some great stories about playing trumpet for a living himself. And it was, he, his parents made him do it because they were classically trained and they pushed music on him and then he didn't want it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but now he's playing the harmonica and uh, he actually plays pretty darn good, I, you know, but it's there, his ears there. And so there wasn't too much, um, he needed help with he just kind of picked up the harmonica and he's going to come to some of our events now and our open uh -huh. mic and stuff so that that's kind of cool yeah i wish i looked closer to you but i remember i would pick them up after school and my grandmother would examine my lips and say why are your lips red you know she had like a because <laughs> the dye would come off in some of those old harmonicas you bought in the candy store and also, they would rub your lips, and your lips would be peeling. So she said, oh, your lips so red, and they're peeling. Do you have a harmonica? And I'd say, no. But there was a little bit of, of woods near my house still in Philadelphia, and I'd go just throw it away in the, in this hill. It's wow. Old harmonicas, if I went digging for it, you know, look. I knew where I used to throw them all, pretty much the same place, because I could easily push them into the earth. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know what they were. My father and uncle were importers, and they always got samples of harmonica, and they were given to me. And I don't know what brand they were. Probably coming from Japan. Maybe they were some early Oscars, you know? Never know. What year did he start making the Oscars? I don't know. It seems like maybe in the 60s. Yeah, I, I don't know. I met him in 99, and... Um bought the miners and, and some of them then and I ordered some online from um, places for my minor set on Lee Oscars so I don't know it's I'm curious uh, you started um, being he, he's you're he's been sponsoring people through the through the time to play yeah he, well it was his ex-wife who endorsed me Leslie because we were talking one day and she said, do you play a lot? Because I really was playing like almost every day then and sometimes two and three times on the weekend. So she said, I want to endorse you. I said, really? That's very nice. And she sent me a bunch of goodies. Like, That's awesome. And some cases that I still have and a shirt uh, and well, some chord charts and, you know, that fit into the harmonica cases. And 
Yeah, they sent some neat stuff. I think a bumper sticker too. I got yeah. one still on my truck. I uh, of his, you know, um, it, it's it's interesting um, how different players get endorsed and different things that happen. And a lot of it is because if you're out playing and you're playing theirs and they like how you sound, they might yeah. get a customer for life. You know, right. so they're getting they're getting they're getting goods out of it and you're getting goods out of it. So it's all good, as they say. It's all good. And people ask me, you know, what I'm playing. And mostly I'm playing that, but I have a couple others because they don't have all the low keys yet. They have added some low keys. Yeah. Well, they're all they're all doing different things. I, I have um, I have low keys in my set, too, that um, mostly I have Horner, of course, in my set. Um, but I do have some Lee Oscars. And then I like to try different things, too, like... Um, Tom Halchek has been doing some great um, harmonica tuning and things. So I've got a couple of his that I picked up. And so I get attached to them and, you know, and you start playing them and you, it's got a good feeling and it sounds good. You just don't want to stop and you got just got to have it. So I feel a little spoiled because I have a lot, but um, I get, I'm out there playing them and the nice thing about Lee's is they, they hold up. You know what? I, I hadn't cleaned my miners and opened them up in a while, and I was afraid they wouldn't work after that, but they were so they were so dirty, I cleaned it and still worked. Oh, you know what I do that people think is crazy? I, I get uh, tablets for false teeth at the dollar store, and I put maybe six in a beaker and throw a couple tablets in, and it cleans, cleans them right out. I use an ultrasonic cleaner, and I ha I but but a couple of times a year I'll take them apart and look because it doesn't get all of it. And I got the Lee Oscar um, tuning kit. I bought that some years back. I know Horner makes one, so you you just take them apart, and I just kind of scrub around on the insides and look around and get the grime out and put it back yeah. together. But you know, I like I told you uh, when we talked before, I don't tune, and so. The people that do tune, it's a lot to buy all the equipment and learn and get into it. And I, I think it's groovy and all that, but I don't think I'll ever do it. But I don't blow them out very much anymore. I play in a, play in a way that isn't messing them up that much. Yeah. I, I had, well, I, I went to, the, I kept throwing coins into a thing. <clears throat> so I went to the supermarket to cash the coins in. So then at the end, it gives you a choice. Um, you get something from several vendors and you'll get a hundred percent or you can get cash, but taking 20% out, my husband said, Oh, get the vendors." So I took Amazon. Well, there was absolutely nothing I wanted to buy and he wanted to buy. So finally I said, I'll get a couple of Brendan Fallon harmonicas cause they were inexpensive then. And I liked the, uh, Irish tuned one. Oh, yeah. Brendan. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I've got one of those too. Uh, but the others, I just thought I would do it at a gig uh, since it was the nursing home gig and I couldn't get enough air. I couldn't get enough air to keep up with the guitar player. I, it seemed like they were leaky on the edges, you know, so something wasn't right about them and I don't know how to fix it. And well, I guess I would, but it would be more work to fix it than to just pick up one that worked right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, sometimes the, like the, the top, um, you can just adjust this, just the screws on the top and see if it's come up off of the ledge area and it's getting air that way. The cover plates. I know that Lee Oscar's cover plates, they go into the, um, harmonica and the, um, plastic is over it. So they never really move that much, but some of the other ones will move from playing and you might just need to do that. Yeah. And it, it could be, but this, this one hadn't been played much and I never played it on a stage. So I thought I'm going to try it. It's D and it just was so soft because it was just leaking air everywhere. And oh. I thought I was going to play my brains out, but I had to wait till the song stopped, you know, just not to pick it up again. Yeah. So, yeah. I get that. You know, are yeah. you get, you get too much, um, saliva in them and you you've got to have I usually have two of each key because 
hopefully it'll be playing and if it blocks up I have to just grab another one um, that's why I have so many in my case is because I have on one side two of each and sometimes three or four because we have some tunes that really we play in the same key so oh yeah yeah no I thought it was great I listened to you last night too oh thank you um uh, not tr not fishing for a compliment or nothing here but uh <laughs> yeah I don't know what else could cause that in that harmonica unless it um it just got bunged up did you fix it later or does it still do that no well it was just last week that I discovered it because mostly it was zippered in its case yeah so trying to think of what I might do to try to correct that my, yeah my oh. thought is just the reed plate itself may have moved but is it I have a brand I have a Richter tuning um, Brandon Powers in yeah. um, D they're pretty heavy weight yeah they are yeah mine's a different Richter tuning but uh, I know Jim McLaughlin he's the technical guy at Lee Oscar so he was telling me like some of the reeds were just too long and they were hitting you know they're when they oh yeah that's not good so they never made them but I tried to call him I guess he was at the dam show you know to ask him about the ones with the new reed covers I saw like a, oh yeah a, you were yeah they're they're at NAM. 25th anniversary so all we have to do is subtract it that's when Lee Oscar started 25 years ago I think it's the 25th anniversary of Lee Oscar. And that's uh, this is that's the new um um it's you were asking about it's a new low tuned harmonica? No, he did some low tune, but this didn't specifically say what keys they were in, so I couldn't tell. You know what key it was in and it was just in there and then I thought, well, I'll call Jim McLaughlin, but they're so far behind us time wise that you know, usually when I to call he's asleep yeah. you know it's like people are still embedded in washington where they are so yeah i finally didn't uh tried to call but i didn't realize he might be at the nam show and he didn't pick up the phone or call me back because usually he does yeah that's well, over I, I think that's over today so they'll all be settled down by next week so it was 1994 and i met him in 99 and um, he took me down and showed me his whole line and why he liked them and which were his favorites. And he was waiting for a plane to fly out of San Jose, and I was just having breakfast. And that's that's when I bought a hat, you know, and I had him sign it. And then I bought some of his harmonicas, and uh, I think they're darn good harmonicas. Yeah, I, I like them. They lasted. They still sound good on the stage. And I'm mostly a melodic player. I think I play the melodies more than anything, so they're perfect for that. And then I was playing klezmer music, which is mostly in D minor, so he has three iterations of D minor. Yeah, he does. But, right. But I've got honers, too. Everyone does. Oh, you know? well, you, you know, we, well, I'm, you know, life is about uh, experimenting with it all and finding what works and... <laughs> You know, regardless of who makes it and what, but you don't want to buy something and it it falls apart on you and it's not any good. So, um, yeah. you don't yeah you don't want to do that. So it's good to talk about it, and that's why I've got this little podcast for people that are out there learning harmonica and going and doing things. And uh, I love talking to someone that plays and plays well and that um, is in is, is is out there. Um, given that back to the world and I just your experiences I it I was um, telling Julio that I went from a little town 18 kids in my classroom very much um, climbing trees and throwing rocks to Charleston South Carolina during um, busing and race riots and I had you know I had to learn a whole new way of life and yours sounded like the opposite because you had the big hair and went to the area that uh, they measured your hair and told you you know it you, it was too big. Yeah, yeah, and you didn't trust leaving your books because everybody stole um, things, but then they were they didn't there, and I went from where nobody stole to where they did, and I just found some um, kind of similarities in our in our path in life there. Oh yeah, well, Abington, Pennsylvania, it was uh, a suburb, but it was something unto itself. They had their own accent, and they were just different, you know. And, yeah. Uh, 
you know, and my brother and I felt like we had really deep Philadelphia accents, and the teachers thought we did too in Abington. They wanted us to speak like they did. So I can imitate the accent, but I can't keep it up for hours like they do. Julio um, was ahead of his classes too, and, and he came from a music background and family and the whole thing. And I, um, I think that music and art should be more in our schools is my opinion, but that's why I donate a lot of time and, and help with the kids and stuff, you know, because they're not getting it in, like we used to. It used to just be normal to have an, um, have art classes and have art history and have music yeah. clinic. And you had many types of music. You could get into the jazz band or the, you know, and not so much anymore. Well, we used to have, in Philadelphia, you had to learn how to read music to get out of fourth grade. So I don't know how I've picked my visual problem out, but it was done on the blackboard, so it was much bigger, so it didn't seem to jump at me. So anyway, um, so I did that, and I played, you know, and got through, and they kept writing home to my mother, why doesn't she be a drummer, why does she do that? And my mother would say, she plays enough instruments. But <laughs> I did a strange little melody flute they had in Philadelphia, it, like a little mouthpiece, and it had six holes, and you can play enough things on it. It was totally metal, and it was kind of fun. But uh, but I had a teacher in, uh, I think, what little of eighth grade I went to, because they skipped us through half of that again, and her name was Mrs. Zoff, and she said, well, if you need music instruments, we have a store over on Fifth Street. It's another neighborhood. Well, I, I needed something, so I started going there because there was nothing in the neighborhood we lived in that had such a big inventory. I'd never seen anything like it. Well, anyway, it's now Guitar Center, Music and Art. Wow. Woodwind and Brasswind, where my son works. My son's been with our company for like 22 years. Oh, um, that's right. You were telling me that. That's yeah, very I'm cool. Musician's friend, so I, so I said, so anyway, they said that was their aunt, and she's probably not with us anymore because she would be maybe 120 or something. <laughs> I used to take my son there on the way home when I was in, going to school in D.C. at AU because, uh, you know, I need to pick up something. I was taking classical guitar, which I was forced to take by my faculty advisor, Barbara Raskin, who's deceased. Her son's a state senator, Mirasto. So she wouldn't sign my stuff. She said, you were a, too boring of an individual. If you don't take classical guitar, I'm not signing your schedule, and you will not be attending. So I said, all right. So I got in this class with a lot of professional guitar players because at an American university, you could major in guitar at that time. So they were all working guitar players. I didn't know what I was doing, except I could read notes. So somehow I survived the class. And the final exam, thank God, was Malaguena. And it was the same arrangement I knew on the piano. And I was like, oh my God, God is looking out for me. Because I knew that song cold, because I'd played it on the piano in recitals. So, but he put the same arrangement in front of me. It was Joe Marlowe. He was Charlie Bird's side man. He was a very good guitar player. He was doing a lot of work on public TV at the time. So anyway, that saved my life. I played Malaguena uh. on the guitar. It sounded authentic. And he wanted me to come back. And I'm thinking, these are all guitar players in national. What am I doing here? <laughs> am I dreaming? <laughs> I know, I kept thinking, what am I doing here? And he was very picky. He made us shellac our fingernails, like cut them at a slant and shellac them, and they had to be picked. So he had to examine your hands before you could start the class with him and make sure you were using 10 coats of shellac. I don't even think they have shellac anymore. Do I don't even think they do. I Yeah. People may not know what it is, but it's sort of was like a fixative, but like, polyester or something like that. But what did he think was it. the advantage? Was it going to make your nails harder? Uh, he wanted you not to use picks. He wanted you to have your nails in a slant, kind of be able to manipulate things like that. Well, he so, went, Julio is a finger picker. He has picks on all his fingers and his thumb. 
Yeah, that's what uh, Warner Williams did. He used to have finger picks, you know, because he was a finger picker. I'll get, I think hey, Julio, come here. I'll get him in here. He'll show and make him play something. Nylon string. That's what we were doing with these Shellacked fingernails. Shellacked fingernails cut at an angle. Like they were cut so they were at an angle. It was so strange. I thought you'd bring your guitar. We're talking. She had a teacher that made her cut her fingers and put shellac on to use your fingers as picks. And I was telling her about how you play. See, show her. See all of his? Kind of go like this and then turn. Yeah, that's like I played with Warner Williams and he would use the same finger picks. Yeah, I use finger picks. He's a finger picker. We weren't allowed to. We had to do it his way, you know. And he played with Charlie Bird. Charlie Bird's side man. Charlie Bird, well known jazz player. Oh, I can't hear. (laughs) Hang on. Neither can I sometimes. I had muted um, the sound so that it wouldn't come back through our recording so Julio couldn't hear you. It's AI, Julio. The picture reduced in the center. Coffee, we could do this again sometime. Yeah, this would be fun. Tell me when it's ready. Oh, by the way, a lot of people I know are getting endorsed by, uh, like, the Lunchbox. You know, the ZT Lunchbox company. And I keep meaning to call them because I've actually had one for about seven years. And, and I use it because it's only nine pounds and, and they're back. And it does okay. In is, that, is that an amp, Joyce? Yeah, an amp. It's and it's called, called what? ZT Lunchbox. That sounds cool in itself. Yeah, so I got it and I played it. And then people didn't seem to like the sound. Now people like the sound again. So I started using it again especially the nursing home, because it's not a lot of weight for me to carry. Yeah. The ZT. But they're also endorsing people. You could probably get endorsed. I, you know what? I've got so many um, different amps and stuff that uh, that I use. And our little, like I was telling you, we got that QSC. It's like 11-pound head, and it does some great oh, yeah. stuff. Play in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marty- yeah. But I don't know, stuff like that's kind of uh, sounds, it sounds interesting. The I'm going to oh, check yeah. it out online and see what it looks, maybe share it out in the world for people. Yeah, and uh, I've had a lot of stuff too, because my son worked, well, he managed a music and art store, so they'd send him to stores that were not being run the way they wanted to. So we went to a store in McLean, Virginia, and they had a lot of stuff, and they said fire sale it. So he said, can I sell it to my mom? And they said, sure. Well, they never. So, uh, you know, I went and bought most of it. I got a Fender PA for like $130. Wow. PA that sort of hooks together. And uh, all kinds of things. Guitar stands, mic stands, mics. You know. Yeah. They said they just wanted it out of there. A lot of things they weren't going to carry anymore. And you never know why they sell stuff less, but... They're still fine, you know. They're still workable and terrible, things like that. So uh, it's like we have to get a storage for all that, you know. I uh, <laughs> start out doing stuff before you know it. I had to put a barn up just to put it all in there. You know? Oh wow, wow! You know, I'm thinking a moving suit, and you know, maybe I should get a house with a barn. Yeah. Put it in. Uh huh. Yeah, it's amazing how we we collect all these things throughout our life the split screen when it was showing you on my computer there what that was is a photo I took um down on route 66 it's got signs I'm going to paint it because I think it's interesting we do uh get your kicks on route 66 you know like yeah Joe and I that and, but I've got two route 66 like wooden plaques somehow we just saw them in a thrift store and it was pretty cool. You know? Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. I hung it off the wall, you know. Heck yeah. My curtains back there are Route 66. You can't see them, but made curtains out of Route 66 um, signs. I was yeah. a sign maker for years. I just kind of dig them. I was a sign maker. I did. I, I mean, even with my farsightedness, I had a friend who was a sign maker. And uh, I haven't heard from her in years, but she used to have me come in and just paint big spots that were boring in one color 
yeah. had to be painted like that. So I didn't really design the sign, but I would do some of the labor on the sign. And everybody said, why are you doing it? Because I had an ad agency. I said, because it just, it's good for my nerves. You know, it relaxes yeah. my nerves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I must, I'm nervous all the time, so I'm always doing art projects. It's crazy. But I, yes. it's just the way my mind works. Yeah, oh, and I saw your TV show. That was good too. Oh, we, we were on a bunch of those a couple of years back, but yeah. yeah, it's all it's all fun. We've been doing so much and going that we've taken a little bit of time off now because I need to paint and make art, and I can't do that if I'm running all over the place. Yeah, no, and I didn't know if I hadn't watched it, I wouldn't know that you knew the mold hours. You know, to tell you they were in the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Oh, that's fun. Well, you know what? Next time we do this, we'll um, we'll each grab a harp and, and maybe play a little bit. Because mine are actually out in the trunk of my car in the cold air. So I forgot to ask you before I came in if that was good. Yeah. We'll make Julio sit in with us and we'll figure something out. And we'll we'll play a little song together next podcast. Yeah, and if you're somewhat prepared or I could ask Joe he'd probably do it he's amenable to stuff like that sometimes you know you know what would be fun too is just talking do a duo and playing back and forth because people um people want to form groups and I I had someone tell me well I just don't know how to talk to the guitar player and you know and so it it is a different language um harmonica versus guitar but it's not in a lot of ways, it's all music, but well, he, plays, he plays harmonica too. And I know it, sometimes he let me, lets me use one of his dad's mics, and there's just nothing like it. And oh, by the way, the Paul Butterfield movie—I couldn't figure out what mic he was using. You know, it, it was like with a long tail on it, kind of. I was thinking maybe it was an old static. Oh, the the Paul Butterfield one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's um. I've got a picture of me with it, and someone has told me, and that sounds about right. Uh-huh. I've got the I've got the specs and the names somewhere written down, but that sounds about right. It looks like a gun. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that driver has a couple that he picked up on the way. He plays the old static, he told me. And uh, what else? I want to ask you. Oh, yeah, but you said the Bulletini was pretty good. I love the Bulletini. And um, the reason for me loving it is I'm a klutz sometimes, and I am dropped them, and, and I'm just, I do. So this, it's rugged. I drop it. It just keeps playing, right? Yeah, you and know? I've got this heart mic that was done over, like, Wonder Woman. So oh, I neat. Got, but I sent it to a lot of people. Finally, I... I have a guy who's really good downtown in D.C. that Chuck Levin's son sent me to, Adam Levin. And uh, his name is Peter Serrano. And he fixed my Yamaha piano, one of them, for $120. That's it. And then a friend of mine had one of the upper level ones, and it was in the flood. And he said, just keep it. You know, just... Like, I went to pick it up. I was going to take it to Pete. And... He sent me a text, my friend, and said, keep it. Well, I thought it was going to be like five or $700. He charged me $68 to fix it. Wow. I finally told my friend today, because I said, you haven't been calling me much. I thought you were upset that I only paid $68 for it. And he said, oh, I didn't even hear of that. And I said, well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's absolutely true and he said no I, I didn't catch that when you told me I guess you told me and I said but so it, it's like this huge one that I can't hardly pick up but it plays so nicely you know it's, it's really good and I wish I was stronger but you know and my friend who decided he didn't want to get one anymore is a huge man he's very strong he still said he didn't want to lug that around so he was okay but, well thank but, you but, in a spot and just play it in the spot in your house and don't move it anymore. Yeah, I've got some of those. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when it comes to to microphones, I I um when I first started playing, I gotten myself just a sure microphone, and it, it was big, you know, and 
I ended up with like tennis elbow from holding that thing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, my right shoulder was really killing me. But I was playing a stick mic, too, a 57, sure. Yeah. And I really think it sounds better, even though people tell me, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. But audience thinks it sounds better, especially with the Lee Oscars, you know, stick mic and the Maya Yeah, Kino. yeah, yeah. I think they, you know, I went to, what I did, I went to Musician's Friend back in the day with another okay. friend, and they yeah. told me that the, the 57 was a wind instrument. You know, you're blowing into it, and it sounds real good, so... Um, Greg, he made the bullet tizer where he made a smaller uh, version of that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, and I was wondering, should I get the bullet tizer? I have the, I have that, and um, I have both. Uh huh. And um, I have a wooden mic, and then I, you know, I just I have a sure um, Beta fifty seven A for my vocals, and I play harmonica through that, and it sounds very nice. But the bulletini for me is. It's, I'm so comfortable with it, and I I, I don't think I'm ever going to go back. <laughs> well, you know what else? Like, I once demoed Sennheiser, and the results don't actually sound very good with the Sennheiser mic. Don't tell anyone. I won't, but, but you're on a I, podcast. I know. <laughs> we won't tell. Don't tell anybody out there. <laughs> Not with a new one, like the squarish flat one that looks like the old broadcast. Yeah. But, I'd love to try it, but it might not be right. I wish they'd call me to do another demo. So yeah. That way, I was thinking they were going to give us microphones, but they didn't. So. We'll manifest it. They're going to call you. They're going to call you. It's coming in. They're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. You know what? You could. It's another thing. You you see everybody that buys five billion microphones, and you know it's another thing to buy for sure. I yeah. but I'm happy I found the one that that really overall works for me and I have I have them all and it's fun to take the amps out too like we play a lot of shows just through our PA and I then we went in and sat in with some people and I brought down a little lone wolf um harp train and it was so fun I heard it's really good and I really wanted to try one but nobody around here that I know has a a wolf but somebody told me to get a holy stain it probably would be good if I spent the time setting it up. It's, Julio, it's what's not... wrong with Katie? Julio, what? what's wrong with Katie? Thank you. I'm sorry. My dog needed something and I could tell she was trying to tell him and he's playing guitar and he's not listening. She needed water. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I, I'm a pet. I'm a critter person. I've always, my whole life, had a bunch yeah. of critters. Yeah, and people say I'm like a horse whisper. Like my daughter was doing horse vaulting, and I was walking around one time in the corral, and they were following me like they get in a bunch, like a bunch of grapes, and they follow the alpha female, and they were following me. And all of a sudden, all the other moms were laughing because these kind of horses are very tame, and I turn around, and they're all following me. They were hoping you'd play some music. You know, um, our dog Bear, he loves to play music, and sometimes he'll just nudge me towards playing. Well, I had a friend when we went to camp in Schwanksville. It was called Camp Leadback. We used to go up and play for the horses. She plays harmonica, too. And when I started to play in public, the club I'm in, H-Proof Harmonica Players of... Frederick, she didn't want to go to the meetings, but it was right near her house. I had to drive an hour to get to it, but um, I think the club still exists. It just meets in a restaurant, and it's hard for me to spend an hour driving up there to Frederick. It's Bear down here came in to tell me, you know, you need to play music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, let's do this again sometime soon, and it's fun. And when I get it all edited up there, I'll I'll um, send it to you. Also, I wanted to say if you have any um, recordings, send them to me either email or through the mail, and I can play some of it on my radio show. Oh, that's great! Yeah, we used, my husband used to record everything we did with uh, like video, but since he has a feeling well, he kind of stopped doing it. So 
But yeah, I've got recordings of Georgia Williams. I've got lots of polka with someone named Vernon Stantmeyer. Oh, fun. I've got lots of Dylan. Yeah, we've got a whole lot. It's mostly harmonica stuff. I'm excited. Yeah, how many? Oh, I don't know. Interesting. Well, Joyce, tell us yeah. your t tell us your full name. Joyce Sharon Ediga. And you are a wonderful female player, and I'm so glad to have hooked up with you through the internet. And and talking to you right now is a lot of fun. And so, thank you very much. Well, thank you too. I really appreciate the opportunity. I really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, you answered some of my questions. So I feel like I got a lot of help from you while we were doing this. Awesome. So there we have it. That was a fun interview. A lot of fun talking to her. And look forward to some more. And we're going to um, sign out here for today. And I want to thank you for listening, subscribing, and liking the podcast. To find out more about the radio show and different things that we're doing, just go to www.nedrarus.com or www njrmusic.com and those are our internet homes out there on the webland they link you to all the other things that are going on and um, it's a big world and there's a lot happening and we're happy to be here with you so till the next time over and out <laughs>